welcome to the Forge Leadership Podcast. In this series, Simon Barrington and Johnny Abbott are joined each week by emerging leaders from the millennial generation. Today, our guest is Abby Jarvis. Abby is the National Coordinator for the Public Leadership Programme of the Evangelical Alliance. Well, welcome again to the Millennial Leadership Podcast. My name is Johnny Abbott and I'm with Simon Barrington again. Hi, Johnny. Hey, hello again. Uh, and we're here today with Abby Jarvis. Abby, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's been great over these last number of weeks to be uh, having these different conversations with different leaders uh, from all of uh, these different sectors of society, learning what they have to say. And Abby, so excited to talk to you today. Um, Abby is the Public Leadership Coordinator at the Evangelical Alliance. Abby, kick us off. Tell us a little bit about that. Tell us about what you do. Yeah, so public leadership work uh, here at the Alliance is really a, a desire to help equip and support and encourage Christians who are in leadership, um, primarily outside of the church. So we're talking about leadership in um, secular workplaces, in local communities, um, perhaps even um, leadership with a, an online community um, or a Christian ministry that, that has um, a kind of audience from outside of the church. And so it's it's a very broad audience, it's all ages, but it's people that really feel like God has called them to do something, um, but they maybe aren't quite sure what it is, or they don't quite have the confidence or the skills necessary. My job is um, through events and resources and one-on-one -on -one conversations just to help people on that journey. Brilliant. And so what does that look like if you can give us a snapshot into a day of Abby Jarvis? Um, <laughs> is, there, is, is any day alike? Um, it depends if it's an in-office or out-of-office day. Um, in-office, like many people, it's essentially a lot of emails um, trying to, you know, connect with people and arrange meetings and tell them about stuff that we're doing. Uh, the best days are when um, I'm out and about. So um, we are about to relaunch a series of breakfast events, for example, for people who are in senior leadership. Um, and so getting to go and meet those people um, and just find out their stories. Um, that's one of the things I most enjoy about my job is just hearing about the amazing things that Christians are doing all across the country. Brilliant. And so it's Sunday evening. Uh, you're getting ready for the week ahead. Uh, what is the thing that you look forward to at the start of your week? What's the thing that gets you uh, excited for the week ahead? I, yeah, I think it is, um, it's the people, um, you know, we, we have a kind of internal strap line in the public leadership team, we say, you know, it's about people, not programs. And all of the events we do, all of the resources we create, the articles that go on the website, you know, those are just means to an end. What gets me excited is the people, is um, those who are doing all these amazing things, um, who are, are so just excited about what God has called them to. And um, yeah, just getting to meet those people and hear those stories is, is the best thing about my job. So tell us a story of um, a leader who's doing an amazing, some amazing stuff in, in, in the public sector. Oh, uh, choosing to one story is, is very hard. Um, so this, uh, there's a, a young woman called Yasmin who's on um, a year-long course that we run. Um, we have groups in England, Scotland and Northern Ireland. And they, over the course of a year, they get together for a series of training um, retreats, teaching retreats and evening events and one-on-one -on -one mentoring. Um, and Yasmin's part of that group. Um, she's a PhD student in immunology. So she's doing research into um, organ transplantations and how to make sure they're not rejected. 
I'm glad you explained what that was. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I've, I've told the story enough now that I can actually pronounce it. The first time I tried, I couldn't even get the word out. <laughs> um, but, you know, she, she's in a field that um, is incredibly stressful, incredibly time-consuming. Uh, a lot of her experiments, she has to be there, like, at a precise moment in order to add the next... Um, part of it and do the next bit or you know take it off the, the heat or whatever it is I, I'm not a science person um, and, and you know there's a lot of weekends there's a lot of evenings involved but she's working in a field that is incredibly competitive as well you know it's all about whose name is first on the, the research document who can get the funding and she's looking at this work and going well what does it mean to be a Christian leader in this field you know how how can I yes achieve success for my work but also work in a spirit of collaboration rather than competition, rather than constantly feeling like I have to beat out everyone else and be on top. You know, how can I support others in their work as well as doing what I'm doing? And she's, you know, at an early stage of that, she's still a student, but she's asking the questions now so that when she gets to those leadership positions, she's already in that mindset. She already knows how she wants to behave, how she wants to act in order to um, be salt and light in that place. And I, I get a lot of inspiration from her. That's great. So I love that we're five minutes in and the conversation's already been steered towards leadership, which is what the podcast's <laughs> all about. Um, Abby, uh, you're a leader. You, uh, you know, you're, I'm looking at your title as a, a public leadership coordinator. When did you first recognize that you were a leader? I think for me, it's a, it's a gradual thing. I, I don't think... There's, there's any moment where I suddenly went, oh, yes, I'm suddenly in a position of leadership. Um, I think over time, as I recognised my skills, recognised what I was good at, and more and more began to discern what God was asking me to do, that out of that revelation came, oh, therefore, I'm going to have some influence and I, I'm going to find myself in leadership. Um, my, I mean, my leadership is I lead a project rather than people. You know, I don't have any people management in that sense, but I am the one that is is driving forward a lot of the strategy for public leadership. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to say there was a moment where I suddenly went, yes, I'm a leader, but it's, I think it is just that, that gradual process of realising who God has made me and therefore what implications that will have for my life. So you say there's no specific moment in which you recognised you were a leader. Uh, what were some of the things, though, that helped you become the leader in which you wanted to be? Were there people? Were there resources? What were the things that helped you in that? The thing I found most influential is just the leaders who are around me. Uh, the people who lead the teams that I'm part of, lead the organisations I work for um, my church leaders as well, just seeing them on a day-to-day basis and being able to see not just the decision that they make, but why they make that decision and how they make that decision, the process that they go through. Uh, I found that more helpful than um, any formal mentorship or any resources. Um, I mean, I love TED Talks, you know, I I do, um, there's some great snippets of that, but what I really value is just that day-to-day um, just an ordinary life of a leader and learning uh, not just what they do well, what I like about their leadership, but also what I don't like about people's leadership, where there are places that I think actually I would not have handled that situation in that way. And then thinking, OK, well, how would I have handled it differently? Why would I have handled it differently? Um, so, yeah, it's, it's that just very informal um, just access to those in leadership that I've really valued. 
And and that was a common theme, Abby, that came through the research, actually, was the desire for um, uh, younger leaders to come up really close and in close proximity to other leaders and to learn from their mistakes. Why, why do you think that's important in the leadership development? Why, why is it the millennials are crying out for that, do you think? I think part of it is that... Uh, I think millennials have a, a deep desire to know who we are. And so if you, you know, if you watch a TED talk, um, they're great, there's some great content, but sometimes you watch it and you go, actually, that just doesn't apply to me. That doesn't work for me because I'm I'm not that person. And, and the same with some books, you know, sometimes you'll read a book and there's some really helpful stuff. Other times you'll think I, that just doesn't resonate with who I am. And I think having the, the day-to-day exposure to leaders enables us to not just see their their skills or the things that they would like to present to the outside world, but it enables you to see them and to see the leader as an individual, to get to know them, to understand why they make the decisions that they make, and therefore you to think for your own life, how would I apply that? Would I make the same decisions? How am I different to them? And what difference does that make to my leadership style? That's really cool. Abby, you talked uh, just a, a, a while earlier about the, the the people you learned from and going to different organizations and being able to see different people and, and learn from how they do things and how they mm-hmm. don't do things. Um, if there was one leader that you would love to grow up to become like, uh, what leader would that be? <laughs> oh. We don't have to know them as well. It doesn't have to be a well-known one. I... I don't think I could pick one person. Um, I I think I've I've learned so much from every leader that I've met, and I I think you know I've worked in a few different workplaces, and I I think that's been really beneficial for me um, compared to some of my colleagues at the moment who've who've worked for the EA for a long time. That's it gives them an amazing benefit about knowing the EA's history but they've only had exposure to that one organization and the way that one organization works, the way particular leaders work. And I think for me, it's more than any one leader, it's seeing that breadth um, and experiencing different things uh, that then I can kind of piece together almost uh, for myself and and think about what I like and what I don't. Mm, Brilliant. Now, um, you took part in the research, Abby, and you were also there at the the launch when we launched it uh, back in October. Um, And uh, one of the really encouraging things for me out of the research was just this thought that actually every millennial leader that we interviewed, um, the church had been foundational in giving them early leadership opportunities um i think that was a great encouragement and a lot of church leaders that i've spoken to said that's that's great but also there was this sense that um churches didn't realize that they were preparing leaders not only to lead in the church but also to lead across the whole of society as well so um what resonated with you uh in the research and how has that helped your thinking on a public leadership um uh program and how has that maybe reinforced things that you already knew but also maybe give you given you new insights into to how things are yeah i i think the the research all of it very much resonated with um kind of ad hoc conversations that we'd had with millennial leaders 
um, I and the the church um, aspect of it, that training that you mentioned, is really fascinating. And we had a, um, a consultation a couple of years ago now um, with um, young leaders, and we had another with um, people who were youth leaders across different churches. Um, and they they all spoke quite a lot about this. And one of the things that the youth leaders said was that they felt from their young people how much they need that place that they can not just practice leading but also practice making mistakes and having a friendly environment where you could go okay we're going to try this out we're going to let the young people lead it we might we know that it might be a complete and utter disaster but we as a church are willing to to take that risk because it's not just about the event or the project it is about growing them as leaders and it's it's really encouraging to hear um those those good stories that, that came out of the research and and i think we need to celebrate those but also challenge churches a little bit and say to them you know are you are you being intentional in this you've kind of done this by accident so far and look what you've achieved without even realizing it so you know if, if you were really intentional about giving those opportunities about training and building young leaders look how much more um you can do and um, so and, and what would that look like in a local church setting? You know, maybe a, a small church that doesn't have many resources. Um, you know, what 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 what's the culture change that you think needs to happen so that churches can be really intentional about raising up a generation of leaders who can serve the whole of society in their communities? Yeah, I I think it's it's interesting. Um, sometimes in in our bigger churches we've almost separated out our young people you know we have special services that are are predominantly for for young um 20s and 30s or we have the youth group that meets on a saturday night so therefore it kind of doesn't matter so much if they come on a sunday morning because you know they've got that other difference for them and i think partly it's it's reintegrating young people and saying we are a church family we are a whole church community so we want to equip these young guys, but we also want them to serve the church. And it's kind of bringing those two things together with what are the skills of our young people? Where do we want to help them? But also as a church, what are we trying to do? Where would we love to um, get more support for a particular project? Where do we need, uh, I don't know, more people to um, take it in turns leading the, the PA team or, you know, whatever it is. I think bringing together um, the needs of the whole church and, and the skills um, of those young people in a really intentional way and just saying to them, look, we trust you. You know, this is we, we want you to feel like this is a place where you can lead, where, where you can get things wrong a little bit. And we love you and trust you. You're part of our family and we're going to be there to support you. We're going to help you out in this. We're not just going to drop you in it. You know, we're going to walk alongside you with whatever it is that, that we're asking you to do. We'll be there when things go wrong to help out and um, we'll celebrate your success and we'll give you feedback as well. You know, we'll, we'll help you to keep developing. Brilliant. And, and um, how can churches be more intentional, though, about helping young people to that understand that that leadership might be being a CEO in a corporate or might be running a food bank or might be... Um, running their neighborhood watch or influencing um, and advocating for a particular um, 
uh, change in in politics. You know, how, mm-hmm. how, what needs to change in churches in the symbols that we use, the language that we use, the structures that we use. You know, how what, what's the transformation you're looking mm. to see? I I think there are probably two main things I'd say which are are connected. Um, one is in the way we look at the Bible and one is in what we talk about for the future. So I think when we are looking at Bible stories, you know, we, we tend to, um, with young children, but also I think a lot with teens as well, we, we look at figures, um, particularly from the Old Testament. And, and I look back on my time at Sunday school and think, well, I, I know that Joseph had a really cool coat and he, he had dreams. Um, I'm not sure that I fully realised that he was the Prime Minister of Egypt. And, you know, that, that is such a different um, un- understanding of who Joseph was and his, his role in, in the story. And I, I think when we, we tell these stories, that's one really important thing we can do is, is point out that these, these are what people in the Bible did. And, and that gives those role models. And I think connected to that is talking about the future, you know, talking about university talking about careers and saying have you know have you thought about this even from a young age you know just starting to lay some of the groundwork of you could go into any of these fields and look here's someone in the church who's in this field isn't it cool that they do that um did you know that christians um have been politicians and you know that person that was on the news last night did you know that they're a christian and this is how their faith has affected what they do um and and helping people to to really start praying into what their vocation might be. Um, even, you know, I think particularly with teens, you know, there are so many different routes now. You can go to university, you can go into an apprenticeship, so many different routes. Just, you know, how do you make that decision when you're, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18? That's a massive life choice. Um, and just encouraging our young people to to pray about what God might have in store for them and just showing them those examples, um, I think is really important. Brilliant. And what, what encourages you as you travel around the UK and um, work with millennials and younger people in churches? What, what changes are already happening that, that really encourage you and give you hope for the future? I think just realising um, how many Christians there are out there who are doing this stuff. And, um, you know, we've met Christians um, in politics, education, law, business, um, entrepreneurs, people in healthcare, uh, both in kind of, you know, strategy, uh, the kind of central NHS England, and also, you know, doctors in their local GP surgeries, people that are involved in food banks and in shelters um, and in um, bringing together the the church and the local um, council, working out how the church can serve the council in the local area. There are just Christians everywhere doing such fantastic work. And, you know, sometimes we we focus on the places where it's difficult and challenging. And and it's good that we talk about those things and we recognise that there are challenges to being a Christian in leadership in the UK. We need to understand that. Um, we had a, a great talk recently at one of our events about counting the cost and being ready for opposition because it will happen. And we need to do that. That's important. But it's also good that we do remember that it's not all doom and gloom. You know, there, there is amazing um, things happening in the UK. Um, and you know, Jesus, I don't think has given up on our society yet. So I don't think we should either.
<laughs> That's brilliant. And uh, one of the challenges we had in the research was actually um, getting to um, Christians who, millennial Christians who were already leading in public sector, private sector. Um, what are the, some of the challenges there? Because if we can't get to them, then how can we support them? Um, so, yeah, what are some of the challenges that need to be faced up there, do you think, Andy? Yeah, and we've, we found the same thing. Um, even people who are very happy in one-on-one conversations to chat to us, you know, if you say, oh, would you be willing to, you know, be featured on our website in an article or something, people are, are hesitant for their name and their face to be out there. And, and I think there is, there is a bit of fear of what are my colleagues going to think? Um, you know, what are the people in my work and my community going to think? How's it going to change their opinion of me? Uh, and I know that came out in the, the research that, that need for approval. Um, and yeah, that's, um, that's, that's a difficult one to face. And I think this is really where, you know, the local church is so important um, in offering that support so that people can have that place where people know what they do. Um, we've, we've met Christians also who struggle with their church understanding what they're trying to do. Uh, you know, a young filmmaker who says, well, my church wants me to help out with church resources all the time and doesn't recognise it. The more time I spend on that, the less time I have to make the, the films that actually are what I feel God has called me to do. They're not Christian films, but, you know, his Christian faith absolutely encourages and inspires what he does. And so I think the more the local church can allow leaders to be open about what they're doing and support and encourage them in that, recognise that it is a ministry for them, the more open then I think they will be um, in their workplaces um, and, you know, with with us, with, with you um, and with other organisations um, in being able to say, yeah, this is what I do, this is who I am. Abby, we're so grateful for the time you've given us and we're thankful for all the work that you do. We've got a, a couple of questions that we ask everybody who comes on the podcast Uh, and we'd love to get your insight into them as well. The first question is this, what's the biggest tension that you live with in your leadership? Uh, I think I I mentioned earlier that I don't lead people, I I more lead a project. Um, And I think one of the tensions that comes from that is understanding how to manage the people who lead you. Um, knowing, um, you know, when you've got deadlines that need to be met, when, when you've got um, pieces of information that you need to get from other people who are actually senior to you in kind of the hierarchy, it, it's, there is a leadership in that, I think, in, you know, dealing with those people who are senior to you and, um, and feeling as well that you're not always able to change things where you can see that, you know, oh, it'd be great if things were just done in this little bit different way you know that the system there doesn't quite work actually if you're not in a, a hierarchical position of leadership that that can be quite a tension so recognizing where there are areas that you can step up and speak up and be a leader even though it's you know it's not your job title recognizing where you can still have a bit of input um yeah it's, it's a hard thing to do but i think worth realizing and our final question then, uh, Abby, is this, what's your greatest fear and your greatest excitement uh, when it comes to leading? I mean, in terms of fear, I, I'm absolutely with the rest of the millennials in your leadership. Um, that fear of failure, of disapproval, of um, people around you 
not liking you. Um, I am definitely a typical millennial in all of that, certainly feeling all of that. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm excited about your recommendations on that one and how to get better at that. <laughs> um, my greatest excitement, I think, is, as I said, just that so many exciting things are happening, that there are so many amazing Christian leaders out there. And I'm also, I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of attention, I think, gone on to the millennial generation, which is, is, is great that, you know, we're revealing um, some of these differences between millennials and, and what's gone before. And I think one of the things I'm really excited about is how do we take that learning into the next generation? You know, there are now already the next generation is, is at university. And they're going to be coming out in the next couple of years. They're going to be entering the workforce. Some of them might have already gone into the workforce. You have, you know, 14-year-olds with a massive um, online presence on YouTube and Instagram. So how do we take um, all this amazing learning we've done with millennials and recognising the need to, to change some of the things that we do? Um, and how do we apply that to the next generation? Because they're going to be different again. Um, you know, they're the real digital natives. They've never known any other world. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited um, about the potential um, that we can get ahead a little bit with them. Abby, that's brilliant. And um, we love the work that you're doing um, with public leadership. It's so necessary. And uh, the work the Alliance is doing with churches up and down the country and um, with individuals as well. If people want to find out about um, the public leadership program, wh where do they go and, uh, and what kind of resources have you got for them? Yeah, if you go to eauk.org and under the uh, What We Do section, you will find public leadership. Click on there and you'll find information about the year-long course um, that's for leaders in their 20s and 30s. Uh, you'll also see um, various articles and blogs just looking at biblical leadership, telling stories of leaders, um, some kind of, you know, five ways to be a great leader and all that sort of thing. Um, we have a small group course, Change the World, which is for any age group, um, for churches that just want to start to delve into this a little bit more, think about leadership, they can um, order that on our website. And we've also got a new resource um, that will be launched next spring. Um, and that's a kind of four month course uh, for churches to do locally with leaders in, in their church or across churches in the area, just meeting once a month. Um, and you know, watching a video talking about um, issues like worldview and distinctive Christian leadership, and praying for each other, and it, that's really just a way um, to develop individual leadership, but also to bring together leaders in in the local church and think about how they can support each other, work together um, in their different leaderships, but also you know perhaps collectively think about well, we love our town with all our different skills what could we do together in our local town to bring transformation? And so that will be launched um, next spring. So you can look out for that. Fantastic. Lots to look forward to, but lots to engage with as well. Um, if people can go to eauk.org and uh, engage what the, with what the Alliance is trying to do, that would be brilliant. Abby Jarvis, uh, Public Leadership Coordinator at the Evangelical Alliance, thanks so much for joining us uh, today. We really appreciate you taking the time to, to be with us on the podcast. 
Thanks for listening. For more details on all the Millennial Leadership research, visit millennial-leadership.com. And don't forget to catch up on the Forge Leadership podcast at forge-leadership-podcast.com. Thank you.